Bible reading today comes from Acts chapter 4, verses 1 to 12. The priest and the captain of the temple guard and the Sadducees came up to Peter and John were now speaking to the people. They were greatly disturbed because the apostles were teaching the people, proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection of the dead. They seized Peter and John and, because it was evening, they put them in jail until the next day. But many who heard the message believed. So the number of men who believed grew to about 5,000. The next day, the rulers, the elders, and the teachers of the law met in Jerusalem. Annas, the high priest, was there, and so were Caiaphas, John, Alexander, and the others of the high priest around them. But they, they had Peter and John brought before them and began to question them, By what power or what name did you do this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rules and elders of the people, if we are being called to account today for an act of kindness shown to a man who is lame and being asked how he was healed, then know this, you and all people of Israel, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. Jesus is stone you builders rejected, which has become the cornerstone. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven to heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. Thanks, guys. I will put the microphone down here. Cheers, Nick. Well, I hope everyone is well. I hope that uh, you haven't had trips cancelled this week and that you're kind of wishing you were in Palm Cove or something and it hasn't happened. But it is fantastic that you're here with us. Uh, my name is not Guy Smiley. In fact, it is uh, Mike. And um, a really real pleasure to be able to explain this part of the Bible with you today. Uh, I, I hope the Zoom Back interview, as fun as it was, kind of placed our minds in the context for the passage. Peter and John in prison. Um, and they've caused a bit of a ruckus. Uh, they were thrown in prison overnight, the next morning dragged out before the high priest and his family, the spiritual elite. I don't, I don't know why the priest's family were there. I don't know where the high priest takes his family on like the picnic to watch us accuse the Christians, but they were there. It was the religious elite and they're accused. By what power, by what name are you doing this? They, they're hot under the collar. What, what was the big deal for these religious leaders? What were they so worried about? I mean, a lame man has been healed. That's great. Uh, but I think they're concerned that their authority is going to be eroded. There's these apostles that are getting attention that belong to them. They're, they're concerned not just because of the healing, but because of what they've said. You can see it in the start of Acts 4. What's the big problem? Well, the apostles, uh, Peter and John, are proclaiming the resurrected Jesus in whom all people can find resurrection life. And they get dragged into prison. The next day, they get pulled out. By what power? What name are you doing this? I think it's like those religious elite are, are kind of throwing down the gauntlet and saying, who do you think you are? How, how dare you teach these things? What authority do you have? We're the religious authority around here, and we say no. But they're throwing down the gauntlet. Stop, cease, and desist. I don't know if you've ever been accused for something. Maybe you've been accused for proclaiming Jesus. Uh, maybe something else, for stealing office supplies. I don't know. I don't want to guess. But uh, it's not a nice feeling to be accused 
I'm a, a conflict avoider, when I'm feeling the conflict coming, I normally look for the closest way out. Where's the nearest exit door? How can I defuse this situation at all costs? Peter and John will respond with courage and with truth. I reckon the Sadducees, the priests, they felt like they had a position of authority and power. They had they were pretty confident in their side of the conflict. I mean, Peter and John, they've been thrown into jail overnight. They've been cooled down. They've been softened up. And they're dragged out the toilet for the leaders. They're just going to get the slap on the hand. Stop doing what you're doing. But Peter and John, they turn the tables. It's like they uh, flip out the old, you know, reverse card and accuse their accusers. What do they say? You can see it in, in uh, maybe starting in verse 10 of Acts 4. Know this, you and all the people of Israel, it is by the name of Jesus of Nazareth, who you crucified, but God raised from the dead, the great reversal, that, that we stand before you today. It's in his name. What, what bravery to come out with the truth proclaiming Jesus. The tables are overturned. By the power of Jesus, it's by the name of Jesus, who you crucified, by the way, that we do these things. Last week, uh, if you were with us in church from Acts 3, Carl gave us, amongst a few other things, he gave us five ways from the passage which Peter and John gave glory to God for the, for the healing, for the ministry, that, the word that they were doing. They pointed to Jesus. Today... Well, Peter and John are now getting negative attention for their words and actions. And what do they do? Again, they point to Jesus. It's a similar thing. Jesus is on their lips. The Spirit is in their hearts. I find this really a, a comforting approach. You know, when ministry is going well, uh, it saves us from the feeling of pride because actually we point to Jesus. It's all because of Him and for His glory. Uh, when we're being accused for what we're saying about Jesus... Again, we can point it back to him. We, he's big enough. He can handle it. Uh, it's his words anyway, so quite legitimately, if someone says to you, how dare you say Jesus is the only way? That is so offensive. You can say, look, it's not my message. Turn, point to Jesus. It's in the Bible. Take a look at it. We don't have to be so defensive. It's Jesus. That's what he is saying, and he can take it. Peter and John don't just stop there. They use Old Testament scripture to really uh, turn the knife a little bit as they accuse their accusers. Uh, and they use this verse from Psalms. Have a look in Acts 4.12. Uh, they say, Jesus is, I'm talking about Jesus again, Jesus is, from Psalms, the stone you builders rejected, which has become the cornerstone. Salvation is found in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. Should we take a quick look at Psalm 118? We read it as a response. Thank you for being involved with that. Psalm 118, uh, it's a beautiful psalm. It's a psalm of salvation. In verse 19 of Psalm 118, it says, Open the gates of the righteous. I will give thanks to the Lord. This is the gate of the Lord through which the righteous may enter, the gate of salvation. I will, give thank I will give you thanks, for you answered me. You have become my salvation. And this is the quote in Psalm 118. It says, The stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. The Lord has done this and is marvelous in our eyes. It's a fantastic psalm. It's all about God's salvation and how much better it is to trust in Him than to trust in humans and princes. 
Yeah, did you see how Peter slightly changed the reference? Kindly just misquoted Psalms 118 a little bit. And verse 22 of Psalm 118, it's the stones that builders rejected has become the cornerstone. In Acts 4, Peter says, the stone you builders rejected, which has become the cornerstone. It's interesting, right? Um, Never a good practice to deliberately misquote scripture, by the way, but he's an apostle, we'll let him, we'll let him have a pass. And he does it with great intention. He's aligning the spiritual leaders of his day with those who reject the means of salvation. They've rejected the cornerstone. You, priests and Sadducees, you're the ones who've rejected Jesus. They're saying, Jesus, the rejected stone, has become the cornerstone, the most important stone, the found, it's like the foundation stone that they put down first in the building and all other measurements are taken off it. Rather than building in God's way, God's salvation, they've built their own building, rejecting the salvation, rejecting Jesus, rejecting the gate for the righteous. And here's the real danger for them. The religious leaders have turned their back on the only means of their salvation. They've rejected the one and only turn their back on the gate the door that leads to life salvation is found in no one else it's not jesus is one name by which we can be saved it's jesus is the only name given by which we must be saved yet even in that moment of their rejection as we saw in the zoom back interview if the priests and sadducees had turned back to jesus had turned back to god he would have forgiven them and in Jesus they would have been saved the very one who sent God's precious son to the cross those very ones could have entered God's salvation no one is too far away too sinful for God's love for God's grace for God's salvation Jesus made it all possible no one's too far away and I hope you've heard the crunch point from this passage In verse 12, salvation is found nowhere else. Jesus is the only way. So I have this sign here. Cal got to use a road sign last week in his sermon. I get get to do it too. Wrong way. Let's do it this way. One way. I mean, we see this one on the roads all the time. There is one way of salvation. Jesus is the only way. Do you you believe this? It's what the Bible teaches. There's no, it's not a multiple choice path to salvation. This is what the Bible teaches. Uh, I think of all the things that Christians hold to, this is the one that our world finds the most offensive. How dare you say something so arrogant? Yet, this is what the Bible teaches. One way to God, one way to repair the broken relationship that sin, that the fall has brought in our world. What are the implications of this? That Jesus is the only way. There's lots Let me just draw draw two implications for you today, two applications. Jesus is the only way. What will it mean for us? One, we're going to trust in nothing else, in wholly in Jesus. And two, I think we're going to be fired up for our mission, fired up to tell people the good news because it's the only way. Jesus is the only way. Firstly, we must trust in him alone. Um, There's an old gospel illustration I remember being shown as a kid called the bridge illustration. Has anyone seen that? The big chasm of sin, there's a few hands up. Um, I was chatting, my kids have been on 
holidays this last week, and my, mate, my son Cameron is into some programming. I said, Cameron, can you help me illustrate this bridge illustration for church? So he's made a computer game. Uh, I want to use it. It's up here. Uh, please forgive me for making a little bit light of something that I know is deeply serious, but here's a computer game, Us and God, this is the bridge illustration. In the middle, the chasm is sin. We cannot do anything to bridge that gap, but people try. What about good works? Uh, this is the idea that somehow we'll balance our good deeds against the bad deeds we do in our life, and good works will be enough for us to breach the chasm. Will it work? No, it doesn't work. Good works are not enough to get us to God. Or some other things people try. Um, another one is this idea of healthy, wealthy, and wise. Very popular, only philosophy. That actually there is nothing more beyond this life. Heaven on earth, let's make the most of it now. So we'll have a healthy body, we'll go to the gym, we'll, we'll invest. Of course, it's temporary, it doesn't last. Uh, it will not get us to God. It, and what about false religions? We'll I'll talk a little bit more about this later. It's a tricky one. But whether that's people who claim to be Christians but don't trust in Jesus, or whether they're putting their hope into false gods, other world religions, is it the name of Jesus that they'll be saved by? No, it's only in Christ. And you hear some of the hard truth, even in a fun illustration. The only way, of course, we can be saved is in the name of Jesus. Now, why is that the case? It's because it's not us actually trying to get to God. God has taken the initiative with us. God sent his son so that in him we can be brought in and rescued. Uh, again, I appreciate it. it's a light illustration for a serious topic, but I hope that it, it communicates the point. There is no way, no name by which we must be saved than Jesus like, given to us. A quick note on world religions and other religions. Uh, I've, I just want to address this because I think um, there are two things we really want to do well. When it comes to, will other faiths be saved? First, actually, we need to hold on to the biblical principle that it is only by the name of Jesus people can be saved. I've heard people say things like, uh, maybe a really sincere, devout Buddhist is actually worshipping God and they don't even know it. So maybe they'll be saved anyway. It's a tricky thing, and I do want to say, like, God is judge. His judgment will be right, and I'm not God. But we need to be really careful the way we talk about these things, because the Bible is ultra clear. It's not saying, there's not real other option. It's by God alone, false religions have always been false religions, flying in the face of the true creator God. So here's another thing. Let's not use truth as an excuse for being unkind and disrespectful of people. Because people are, are worthy of respect and, and, um, and kindness. Uh, so let's not use truth as a bombing knocker, but actually let's love all people, regardless of what worldview or religion holds them. We can tell them in love, respectfully, of the truth that in the name of Jesus there is salvation. And of course, that's complex and we need to be sensitive and hold on to the truth. Will we cop flack for saying that? Uh, absolutely. Christians will and do face opposition for claiming that Jesus is the only way. But you know, Peter and John, they, they face opposition in exactly the same uh, 
how dare you say that? How, how, who do you think you are? And yet they point to Jesus. He's big enough, he can handle it. Go back to his word. I'm not, it's not me who's saying that Jesus is the only way. It's in the Bible. Have a look. Have a look at Jesus' own words. The passages we know well and have been taught, many of us, for a long time. Uh, it is Jesus who says, he is the, the gate in John 10. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Enter through the narrow gate. Like there's good Bible references for it. I am the truth, the way, the life. The stone the builders rejected, in fact, the stone that our world rejects, has become the chief cornerstone, the means of salvation. Jesus is the gate to Father God. Many look for another path, but Jesus is the only way. And that gate stands open. Have, have you placed your trust in Jesus? His death on the cross makes salvation, healing, wholeness in our relationship with God possible. Put your trust in Him. Enter, for it's the only way. Enter through Jesus and be saved. One way. is one way to God. Place your hope there alone. Don't be tempted by the opposing worldviews that dominate our culture. One way to God. The second implication of this is that we're going to be fired up for mission. I mean, it's, it's, um, it's kind of obvious, isn't it? This is the, the why of mission. We have, you know, it's like we're on the life raft, right? And there's people in the water. This is the only means of salvation. We've got the rope there. Are we going to throw it out to people and say, hey, come. I'm going to whip Chris in the face, right? Come, to, come, this is the means of salvation. Grab on. Jesus is the only way. Like, you don't actually have to, Chris. I know, you, I know you're in, brother. <laughs> but it's an illustration. It's only an illustration. The thing is, like, this is the why for mission. We get it. We get it. We, we, of course we want people to know Jesus. Well, I think if you've, if you've experienced the grace of God, we all, of course, want others to see that. No one's going to say, I don't want anyone else to be saved. It's the why of mission. It's obvious. I think the how is a little bit harder. You know, what should we be doing as our church community for doing mission? There's lots of things. We could, we could run life courses. We could do alpha courses. We could do get-to-know-you activities. We could do lunches. We could do dinners. We could do, you know, nailed-it nights. Uh, perhaps we, you know, we can brainstorm and have done this recently as a staff. A thousand good events and activities and trainings. Like, it's all good. But the heart of it, it is, it's pretty simple. We, 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 love, we love people. We need to actually get to know people who don't know Jesus. Make sure that our social circles aren't just made up of Christians. Uh, how, can we, how can we get to know unbelievers and be part of the world if we don't ever extend the hand of friendship? Share your life with people. And part of that is, of course, just sharing the truth of, of our faith. It doesn't have to be complicated but I know that it can feel daunting. Now, the staff have been thinking hard about how we do local mission. Um, we've got lots of good ideas and a few things we'd love to share with you in the coming months, but don't wait for us. <laughs> uh, actually, just take stock. School holidays, for some, is a good moment. Just take stock of well, where are we putting our energies and our priorities? Uh, and is there an opportunity to include um, a reshift in the way we're doing our lives? so that we're getting to know unbelievers for the sake of God's gospel, for his glory. Okay, I think I'm going to stop there, but just to sum it up, let's remember Jesus is the only way of salvation. Uh, it's all because of him that we can have life everlasting. That should motivate us.
put our hope and trust in Him alone, and it should fire us up for mission. When I pray, and, and then we're going to continue in our service, thank you, uh, kids, especially, done really well listening in today. Well, I know it was probably felt a bit more like a sermon than a kid's talk, but well done. Uh, I'll pray, and then we'll, we'll continue. Father God, we thank you, Lord Jesus, that you love us. You sent your son, Jesus, so that we can be included in your family for your glory. Help us to place our hope and trust nowhere else, for there is no other name given to humans by which we must be saved. And Lord, please fire us up for mission. Help us to think well about how we can communicate this good news with those around us. Amen.